You're listening to Beyond Infinity, your weekly dose of science and technology, presented by me, Piers Cunningham. I tell you what, we do have online, however, our COVID-19 roving reporter for RPPFM, Piers Cunningham, who's been taking a look at uh, some of the positions adopted by some of the medicos in this state and internationally as well. And there seems to be a little bit of variation between their position and what the Victorian government is proposing. Piers Cunningham, a very good morning. Welcome back to Lockdown Radio. Morning, Brendan. Shivani yeah. here as well, of course. Morning, Piers. Morning, Shivani. So, Piers, uh, you've been having some deep and meaningfuls with a few medicos, and they have and been expressing some serious concerns about the position of the Victorian government. What's the latest? Yeah, look, I was talking today, in fact, with Dr Stacey Harris, who is a Melbourne GP. She wrote an open letter recently, which wound up on the front page of The Australian, the newspaper, national newspaper, again, echoing... Uh, sentiments from other doctors, including the COVID Doctors Network and Jeff Wells, who I've spoken about uh, previously on this segment, saying that she's really very concerned about the the increased numbers of her patients who are fronting up with mental uh, illness and uh, problems which she believes arise from the stringent uh, lockdown, which can, has been going for months in, in Melbourne, uh, and particularly young people feeling uh, anguish, despair and uh, hopelessness from lack of contact with their friends, fears about going back to school because uh, some uh, kids, certain age groups are going back on Monday and uh, and then uh, other age groups uh, later the following week. Uh, but uh, for her, she said that she sees uh, 180 to 200 patients per week and approximately half of her daily patients now are fronting up with mental health care problems. Normally she would refer them to psychologists and psychiatrists uh, for specialist assistance, but to go and see one of those those uh, specialists now, uh, you're, you're facing weeks and weeks of delays. They are being inundated with patients at the moment with problems that she believes arise from, uh, from you know, this very harsh lockdown. And she urges the schools should be opened up. She urges that you know, people should be allowed to do outdoor activities weekend sports, all those sort of things are very important for people's uh, mental health. She doesn't like the five-kilometre lockdown restrictions that we have in in Melbourne. Uh, Again, that stops people seeing their loved ones and uh, grandparents and grandchildren. Um, But particularly, she's concerned about the effect on young people in, in Melbourne. Well, that's interesting because we're going to be speaking to Professor Andrea Rupert a little bit later on today in Lockdown Radio as well on exactly that topic. Um, These are profound findings, however. I mean, these are huge numbers that are presenting for some sort of assistance and some sort of intervention. Um, What what is the government's reaction? Is she getting anywhere with this uh, representation of Spring Street? Well, she actually had a meeting with the new Health Minister, Martin Foley, she had a, a teleconference with him, and this was the first time that there'd been really any response to these open letters. Um, she was actually accompanied by Jeff Wells of, of COVID Doctors Network, who wrote another open letter to government. And up until really now, they, they hadn't had a response at all. They were very disappointed by that. After direct representations to the Premier, he organised uh, for his health minister, his newly minted health minister, Martin Foley, to, to have this teleconference with Stacey Harris and uh, Jeff Wells. You know, I asked 
know, were you pleased with the interview? Did you think that your concerns would likely be acted on? And uh, she said, unfortunately, that she didn't come away with that impression. She said that, you know, it was a perfectly polite, cordial meeting, but uh, she wasn't left with a feeling that the government was necessarily going to act on the concerns that were raised by the doctors. I know Shivani wants to have a bit of a chat to you as well, Piers, but just very quickly, can I draw your attention as well to the Great Barrington Declaration, which is a petition designed and signed and canvassed by some of the world's top epidemiologists, which is currently running around at the moment as well. In the declaration, they are basically saying that keeping these measures in place until a vaccine is available will cause irreparable damage with the underprivileged uh, disproportionately harmed as well. They have serious reservations. So there seems to be a consensus of medical and psychological opinions suggesting that the position being adopted both in this country and probably overseas as well, uh, just is non-tenable in terms of the mental health of their societies and communities. Interesting you raised that uh, Great Barrington Re- uh, Declaration. Stacey Harris this morning mentioned that to me and, and urged listeners to look that up and read about it themselves, read the detail of what's being said by that group. Uh, it, it certainly echoes the sort of concerns that she has. And it, and it really is, in essence, that the, the side effect, if you like, of prolonged lockdown while you wait for a potentially very long time to get a working and reliable and widespread vaccine are outweighing the benefits of, of containing coronavirus. Uh, so in the absence of that, hopefully fast, ta- fast testing, we've talked on this segment about previously, fast testing might make a big difference because it'll allow people to be tested quickly and results to be obtained. There are various uh, steps being made in that direction, uh, including a company in Brisbane, I believe, that's, that's got a, a you know, very promising test, but, but it's an antigen test, which is not, you know, not, not the gold standard. The gold standard is PCR, uh, which is the one that's used if you go along and have a swab test done in Melbourne, for example, you know, Chadston Shopping Centre, they're doing them, or if you go along to a, a hospital or other facility, uh, it's PCR that's used, and that's the gold standard. So fast testing could make a difference, but waiting, waiting with lockdown measures in place until there's a vaccine, uh, I, I think that that's unsustainable. In fact, that's exactly what Dr. Stacey Harris said to me in her closing remarks just earlier this morning, uh, that she believed uh, that, that continuing with this lockdown stage four we've got in Victoria with the you know, five-kilometre limit on movement and other restrictions that are bundled with that, limiting people's outdoor activities, limiting the, the industries that are able to, able to work. All these things are contributing to a health crisis, which has got nothing to do with COVID and everything to do with the side effects of government-imposed lockdown. Piers, we're seeing um, now a transition of students back into school, so the government may well be preempting this at the moment, but obviously there's been lockdown for six months. And we've still got students who are in the, um, as I understand it, sort of year eight to year 11 uh, or year 10 uh, category that are yet to return. But it's not a case of us waiting for a vaccine, is it? It's about um, the rationale that's been offered by um, the Premier over and over again is to stop the movement of people and especially pick up, drop off and the parents and everything that happens with um, children reattending school. Has that been something that's been a concern to the doctors that you're talking about? No, they believe that schools should go back. Dr Stacey Harris is particularly concerned about the effect on young people. She said that she's prescribing antidepressants to 12-year-olds, which she thinks is really very distressing. And she said just the number of people and young people who are coming to her distraught uh, with anxiety, depression, 
not being able to get access, as I mentioned, to medical specialists like psychologists and psychiatrists because they are inundated at the moment. It's a real problem. And she also said that she, she talks to patients who, are, who have said, OK, we're getting out of here, we're leaving. Is there... uh, we're, leave, we're leaving the state. And, and apparently removalists are now very hard to get hold of. You ring a, ring a removalist at the moment saying, oh, you're looking at moving into state, as, as I believe a growing number of people are because they can't deal with lockdown because they're sick of the effects on their families and their children. You'll struggle to get a removalist at the moment. So in terms of her research, because we did speak to a Monash University expert who's in this area last week who was saying that she couldn't actually speak to the mental health statistics of um, Brendan Ray's with uh, her, the antidepressants. Are these anecdotal or uh, they don't seem to be isolated cases from what you've said? Uh, Is she representing a group of doctors and is there a research base for what is being said or are these just individual cases that are being put forward? Well, what she's doing, she's describing her experience and that's what's prompted her to write an open letter to the Premier, and then that same letter um, was was published on the front page of The Australian last week. Uh, There are another nine doctors who joined her, who who joined signatories to this open letter. It's it's similar in in, in essence to the the COVID Doctors Network uh, letter, which was organised by Jeff Wells, who's a consultant urologist at Box Hill Hospital. So That's what I was interested in, was that Mm. whether it was that same group that's now advocating. Now, this is a separate group, and there seem to be GPs. And Miss Harris is different to Margaret Harris, who in April there was a Dr Margaret Harris, it just happens to be, who was a public health specialist in emergency risk communications that was reported um, in The Age and the Herald City. Morning Herald Sun in terms of the same issue. Back in April, we were still talking about this. That is easing restrictions. Of course, Victoria's um, catapulted into this situation where we can get a cluster just overnight. You know, look at what's happened in Chadston and the like. Oh, this is the question. Um, And I don't know if you know the answer, Piers, but I've heard and we've heard during our travels that children are not being infected with COVID-19. Have you heard anything along those lines? Look, I think the children, it, it, they have been, it's been well known that the younger you are, the safer you are as far as if, if you were exposed to COVID, COVID-19. Okay. Um, so, so the people, if you look at the, uh, the deaths that result from the virus, if, if people contract it, it's definitely the elderly or people with comorbidities, so people with pre-existing heart conditions, pre-existing illnesses. Uh, that, that are that are falling that are that are fatalities from from the virus, yes. and and but you look at the numbers in Victoria, and most of them um, are are in their seventies and older. The majority of the cases, that's why I mean, very sadly, nursing homes have have been a real problem for for the virus in, in terms of the fatalities because they're older people who have often got comorbidities. At the end of the day, you're, what you're saying and what you're hearing from these medical practitioners is that the the uh, effects of these draconian, if you like, uh, restrictions on children is um, outweighed by the concerns and very real concerns of the severe mental health uh, effects, adverse effects on our children. That's right. Dr Stacey Harris really described it as, you know, we are facing a mental health crisis in this state and, and that is being prompted by by the lockdown measures and you know she talks about how she sees about 180 to 200 patients per week she's now doing 15 to 20 mental health care consultations daily and that compares with about a year ago when she did three to five mental health consultations so it's about four times the incidence of 
of patients who are presenting with mental health issues. Piers, can and we very, say, very sadly, a lot of them young. Piers, can we say it's confined only to this demographic, these younger people, or can we broaden this um, uh, this uh, this out to to a wider demographic in the society as well? I think we can absolutely. Uh, people, you know, older people who are losing their businesses or losing their jobs, or who are finding it difficult to deal with their kids being at home with them, or you know, the incidence of domestic violence. I mean, we know that the, the numbers are higher, and again. Whether it's by design or or, uh, or it's, there's just you know normal delays in getting the exact figures, you know anecdotally suicide rates are up, self harm uh, rates are up, domestic violence rates are up, and these are things which do flow from frustration and uh, and and you know the, the, the mental health issues that go with isolation. So not just confined to young people, but I guess the point about young people is that because they are disproportionately penalised or discriminated against, they're not as at risk from COVID, and yet they are being lumped together with everyone, including the elderly, who are obviously much more at risk. The same lockdown measures apply to all. This is RWPFM Lockdown Radio. Piers Cunningham, our special COVID-19 reporter, on the line at the moment with some breaking news in terms of doctors against the Victorian government. Got some more breaking news for you as well here at the moment, Piers. Just got an apology for the moment from Fiona Patton from the Reason Party. We were going to go to her at about 11.30, but according to sources up in Spring Street, apparently there's a very uh, difficult and rather tense meeting going on at the moment. Of course, the discussion today, the omnibus bill, which is uh, being vetted and looked at by a number of people concerned about what the Victorian government is pursuing in terms of its further measures of control of us in this state. Uh, meantime, back to you and back to these doctors. I mean, are they going to be able to advocate? Can they put Spring Street in some sort of a headlock? And can they do something about uh, presenting these sorts of startling figures? Well, they can only do those things if the government is prepared to listen. The impression that I had from talking with Dr Stacey Harris about her meeting with the new health minister was that she wasn't hopeful. Uh, She did not come away from it reassured that the the message was getting through. I mean, she did have the audience. She was grateful um, that that it was a a cordial and polite meeting, of course. I asked her, what were your impressions of of that as far as getting the message through and and getting the government to change tack? She didn't see that as, as a likely outcome. Well, just, just one, one, one further question then, Piers. So where is this government policy coming from? Who is driving it? Where is the basis for the lockdown? We've asked the question before. Maybe you can clarify it for us. Well, apparently, and I, I actually spoke with uh, Dr Harris about this this morning, about modelling, and uh, the modelling is done apparently by four people who are based at Melbourne University. Apparently they've even admitted, according to Dr Harris, that their modelling is a little bit old. You know, it's, it's based on uh, on information that was around in sort of April, May, the kind of the so-called first wave of the virus. And so she was a little bit, you know, there, there are doubts about the quality and basis of, of you know, the, of the modelling, which is in, in turn being turned into law and and, um, and is, is behind and underpins the government's strategy of lockdown. So there are questions about that. This goes to the openness and the clarity of the information that we're getting from the government. If, if there was more openness and there was a better dialogue between government medical practitioners and the public, 
these, these answers should be clear, but they're not. Well, we've just seen headlines yesterday of a senior economist who had a falling out, basically, with Daniel Andrews over this issue of basically a criticism of the modelling and uh, the very strict measures that haven't been substantiated and there's no basis for it. So what you're speaking about really also goes, Travis's into that whole criticism of the government in not allowing business to operate in a way that can control the issues of health risk and, uh, if you like, um, the infections, but allow for some movement and allow for businesses to continue. Yeah. The other thing that's coming becoming clearer is that we can do whatever we want with lockdown, but it's still not going to stop the, the, uh, the virus from coming back. So, in other words, there is no such thing as eradication, which is part of the, the target of COVID normal. It does assume that you get basically to a, a, you know eradication of the virus, but as we've seen, even in New South Wales, the numbers are up there, uh, and uh, and in New South and in New Zealand, the, the virus appeared from from uh, almost nowhere. So, the idea that you're going to get eradication, I think that there seems to be a weight, a growing weight of evidence against that being a possibility. And yet, if if you follow the government's pathway to coming out of lockdown and these gradual steps out, well we're not going to get there. So therefore, either we're just going to stay in lockdown or we get close to it, but then, you know, early next year, it comes, it, the, the virus resurfaces. So is it worth going through all this pain of prolonged stage four lockdown now in Melbourne uh, when it can still come back? You know, you might as well just get on with, allow people to get on with their lives, uh, exercise, exercise social distancing, wash your hands, uh, do everything you can to be sensible about how you interact and how you open up. The, but in the end, you might as well do it because you, you're not going to eradicate the virus and it can still come back no matter what you do, no matter how harsh but the your, con- your lockdown measures. The contrary argument is, which I, I hear a lot when um, I raise these issues uh, around the dinner table and over the phone, is that you know, you then look to France and you look to England and you look at 10,000 cases a day and you it's just unmanageable. They've just let it go. Look at America. You know, mm. it's I, it's phenomenal, the figures that are going out there. But we're, I mean, we're not anywhere, we're not in the same situation as those countries at all. No, but I we mean, could be. We could be. I mean, Brazil has surpassed 5 million coronavirus cases. They just don't have the strict measures. And Daniel Andrews, uh, look, I, I'm I'm with you, um, Piers, because it's getting to a point, and I suppose this comes back to your, the main issue that's been raised today about young children, um, you know, going through depression, receiving, a, having to be uh, prescribed antidepressants. It's the vulnerable in the community, and that's what we're seeing in the headlines today. Vulnerable Victorians are collateral damage during the fight against coronavirus, talking about cancer patients, talk, talking about cardiac arrests being doubled uh, because people are so nervous about the coronavirus in terms of getting treatment, but also treatment providers are also nervous in terms of the reduction in CPR, which we've been looking at. So we've got... We've, we were talking about the mental health and Brendan was asking you about whether this um, actually expands to adults. Of course it does. And I think there's a level of anxiety in everyone at the moment and the pressure and just getting back to normality. But it's really those vulnerable people in our community, those in aged care, those who are young, those with um, health ailments mm. that seem to be um, the people who are really, I mean, they are literally dying. And the long-term effects, which you've highlighted, uh, are just enormous, aren't they? 
in her letter, Dr Harris, this is the one that she wrote to the Premier and was published in The Australian, she says, uh, we are not diagnosing other important health conditions like cancer and heart disease, which take many Australian lives every year. And that's because people are afraid to leave their house or to seek vital medical medical care not related to COVID. The other thing that she said, which I thought is, is interesting, and it's a, it's a sad side effect of all this, is that, you know, you're getting this business of people gobbing in their neighbours. Someone thinks that their neighbour is is uh, having some people around when they shouldn't. Then then there's this, you know, people are gobbing in their neighbours. I can understand frustration about you're doing the right thing and then you see that your neighbour isn't. But I just think it's very unfortunate that Indeed. you know that, that, that that's happening in, in Australia. Uh, and uh, and wait for the good weather to to come because we saw it a week or so ago. There were lots of people on some Kilda Beach. Didn't seem to be exercising that much social distancing. I think we will also get to the point where the public won't cooperate with lockdown. I think that will be an increasing issue. And, and as voices like Dr Harris's and uh, COVID Doctors Network and others, critics of the omnibus legislation, as all those voices gather steam, then you know, that's just fueling that, that lack of compliance, which the government is, is absolutely relying on. Indeed, uh, and, so, and so that gets very complicated, doesn't it, this dobber-neighbour thing, especially with the omnibus bill threatening as well. Just wondering if there is a consensus of opinion about, uh, in, in some areas of science and medicine, peers, what is the consensus on Professor Brett Sutton, who is driving this as the chief medico here in Victoria? Yeah, well, I mean, I would have thought it would have been uh, quite appropriate for him to be at that that teleconference yesterday with uh, Jeff Wells and and uh, Dr. Stacey Harris, where they spoke with the the new health minister Martin Foley, but uh, he wasn't. Look, he's he's a doctor. I, I believe he's. Um, he, I think he was a GP. He might have been. I think he was a registrar until he was appointed by the government. He's doing his best, I guess. But I think he's. I'm not sure the degree of independence, of real independence he has from the government. I mean, the government appointed him and the government can fire him. It's interesting. So he's, not, he's not truly independent. It's interesting you say that because the headlines also are saying now this morning or very recently that Mikakos was um, basically no one is saying that no one wanted to speak up against Daniel Andrews. You know, mm. Daniel Andrews was um, putting forward these very uh, strict measures and no one was prepared to stand up to him which is a really sad indictment on a state of democracy. And this is a theme that we've heard throughout, regardless of political affiliations, and um, I'm coming from an apolitical point of view, is that, you know, where's the accountability? Where is the basis and substance and medical evidence to back up these? We've seen it with the curfew, you know? Mm. Where is that substantiated in terms of medical evidence? And that's where you really think it, it is highly politicised, this whole coronavirus, six months, and for mm. how long? I think these are all, all very, very uh, real concerns, absolutely. Indeed. Piers Cunningham, thank you so much indeed for your time, your endeavours, your research. And as you were saying earlier on, we probably would like to draw people's attention to the Great Barrington Declaration. Search it out. Have a look at what the consensus of some of the world's top epidemiologists are saying. Combine that with the research that Piers has been doing locally here amongst our scientists and doctors. And you come, I think, to a pretty unanimous decision that there's some serious questions being asked about lockdown and the policy of the Victorian government. Piers, thank you so much indeed for your time today. No doubt we will be hearing from you in due course and we appreciate it. Thank you so thank much. Thank you, Piers.